the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we're working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th President Abraham Lincoln succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we are very excited to have our wonderful guest with us these next two weeks. And Abigail, I'll let you go ahead and introduce her. We have the privilege of having Sheila Qualls with us here in in studio, which is so much fun. Mm -hmm. So much more fun than even when people are gracious enough to speak with us over the phone. So great to have her here with us. And we are here going to be discussing an excellent um, series that Sheila has produced through Alpha News. Um, it is called Trapped Chaos in the Classroom. Um, I highly recommend everyone go on your phones and find it. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of the above. And so we are going to just talk more with Sheila. She is an award-winning journalist and former civilian editor of an Army newspaper. Prior to joining Alpha, she was a Christian marriage and family columnist at Pathios.com and a personal coach. She does speak nationally on issues involving faith and family, and we are so glad to have her with us. Sheila, welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Well, we're excited to have you, and sorry for the effort trying to find our <laughs> studio today. <laughs> well, I am directionally challenged. <laughs> I am as well, and so I totally understand that, but we're so glad to have you here. Um, so Sheila, you know, I've known more about your husband, Kendall, because he, uh, was, I think the two of you together started a nonprofit organization and I'm, what is the name of that one? It's actually called Take Charge. Take Charge, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. That's right. And in the name of Take Charge, he actually came and spoke at Liberty Classical Academy as one of our education and society speakers. And truly, I think we had a packed house when he came and spoke and it was very powerful and, you know, I think one of the things that comes out of all of these topics um, that you're covering at, at, at um, Take Charge Minnesota, a lot of it comes down to education, right? I mean, that's really where we're seeing a lot of these changes taking place that are really shaping our country, which is why our opening line, we talk about the fact that the battle is on for the future of our country um, in the K-12 classrooms. So our tagline for the show is save the classroom, save the country. And so you've now put together this outstanding podcast series. And so we'd like it to just maybe start by having you share what prompted you to start the podcast series and and start looking into this in such great depth. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I would like to comment on um, when you open up and you say uh, the quote by Abraham Lincoln. Yes. You know, the philosophy of the classroom in one generation will be mm-hmm. the philosophy of government in the next. Yes. And so I don't think anyone should be surprised by what we see happening right now at yes. our state capitol. Yeah. Because that's exactly what is going on. That This has been going running rampant in our schools for probably at least um Hardcore the last 30 years. Yes. Long before Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started working for Alpha News last summer. Uh huh. um, And went to work for them just, you know, as a former journalist. Yeah. You know, um, wanted to kind of get back into the um, workforce. Felt like I had something to say after homeschooling my my own five kids. Yes. Felt like, you know what? I think I have something to contribute. Mm -hmm. So um, started working for Alpha News and just started doing lots of education stories. Mm hmm. And the more I spoke with parents, the more I, well, at first, honestly, I was like, really? I mean, what these people were saying certainly cannot be true. I I went to public (laughs) Mm -hmm. school. Right, right. I know what public school is like. So (laughs) surely what they are saying is not the truth. Right. But I just kept hearing story after story and they were just so compelling. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I would, I would just try and check it out. Mm -hmm. So I got connected with a woman who had been a former public school teacher and she just started telling me literally horror stories about public school. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to check this out. And so that's kind of what prompted me to sort of, you know, say, I'm going to look into this because mm-hmm. what these people are saying certainly cannot be true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand your sentiment or sentiment on that because I also grew up going to the public schools and, and actually my college and master's degree are also public. Um, and I think so often we fall into that trap now, not to, not to use the word trapped because I think <laughs> yes. you named the podcast series trapped for a different reason, but we fall into the trap of thinking that because it was okay for me, it must still be okay. Yes. And it couldn't certainly have gotten that bad in the short time. I mean, we're not that old, right? And I'm so, not. Absolutely I, not. I, I don't claim any of that. I'm not. Not me. <laughs> and, and, and I hear that from people all the time. And I think that like you, you pointed out, and I'm glad to hear you say that, Sheila, that this has been hardcore for 30 years. And this has been a steady march, a steady march. And people think, well, this just came out of nowhere. But it yeah. didn't. No. It didn't. Um, do you do you have enough context that you could provide for our listeners some of that proof of this has been around for thirty years? You know, maybe a quick timeline. Um, could you share some of that? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it actually probably started in our country right after World War One, World War Two, mm-hmm. um, when um, actually Marxism came to America. Yes. And I do not like using that word because mm-hmm. it's such an alarmist word. When mm-hmm. you say that, people automatically shut you down. Yeah. Oh, that can't be. That's yeah, just crazy. Yeah, this is America. Yes. That doesn't happen right. in America. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's exactly what happened. And mm-hmm. so um, they saw that, you know, Marxism is not going to fly in a society like ours. Mm-hmm. Because if people don't like their lot in life, they mm-hmm. do something to improve it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So basically, um, it was reintroduced into our society in the 60s mm-hmm. um, in a big way. And they um, it was critical theory as Marxism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it then became critical race theory mm-hmm. because race is something everybody can get behind. Nobody wants to be called a racist. Yeah. You nope. put insert race into something. It's such an emotionally charged word based yep. on the history of our country. Yep. 
And everybody's yeah. like, yes, we are mm-hmm. right behind it. Mm-hmm. And so they're just using this as a smokescreen to introduce all of these principles and theories mm-hmm. and worldview into our schools that really should not be there. Mm-hmm. And people are kind of giving it a pass Absolutely. in a lot of ways because, you know, there, nobody wants to be called a racist. Right. It shuts parents down. Yes. It shuts any opposition down from teachers mm-hmm. and kids. They don't want to be known as racist. Mm-hmm, so I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, it, it has been a slow, steady march. Mm-hmm. And those of us, um, we always give a little, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the conservatives. We yes. always give a little. We're mm-hmm. always looking to negotiate. Absolutely. And how can we, and rightly so, because how can we find, com- we want to find common ground. Mm-hmm. Look, we don't, I mean, that is, I mean, my gosh, you guys, if you look at the conservatives in just about any state, you know, it's like herding squirrels mm-hmm. because everyone's very individualist. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we're used to we don't agree on everything, but let's let's find mm-hmm. common ground, which leads to negotiation. And I do want our listeners to kind of key in on something that Sheila is bringing up here, which is it is taking advantage of the, Good- the goodness of people yes. that they want to yes. build. They want to be coalition builders. They want mm-hmm. to teach their child kindness and Mm -hmm. how to lend a helping hand and how to be patient and kind, even if people are coming from a different background or perspective, that is being taken advantage Mm -hmm. of. Please hear that, that, and Rebecca and I, we talk a lot on the show and it's hard because a lot of these things are complex. Mm -hmm. So Sheila's talking about this theory that has evolved over time. It is not something that you can distill into a bumper sticker Mm -hmm. easily. But the other side has. Mm-hmm. So if you understand the term racism, you see that the term as it was defined even 15 years ago is not how it is defined now. Right? No, they and, have totally And people it. need to, mm-hmm. even if you can't as a listener define that, let your ears perk up and know, okay, mm-hmm. this is, okay, this is something that's different. Mm-hmm. It's different than 15 years ago, just like schools have changed. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. want them to pick up on that because it is hard sometimes how do you communicate it well when it is a very complicated right topic. very simple mm-hmm. way to communicate it mm-hmm. if you give mm-hmm. a mouse a cookie <laughs> it's that simple yes it is that simple and we are always wanting to be kind mm-hmm. oh the poor mouse it's mm-hmm. starving it can't mm-hmm. get food on its own so we're going to compromise we're going to meet the mouse mm-hmm. halfway mm-hmm. and you know what we we need to understand that we cannot do that. Mm-hmm. There are certain mm-hmm. things that we cannot compromise on. Mm-hmm. We are basically our backs are against the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, to be honest, we're already over the cliff. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. but we're kind of hanging on. Yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're trying. Right. We have but two the fingers chin, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that is actually a really good point so that we kind of are over the cliff. And, you know, it's interesting because as people try to push back like you or myself or the most recent outcry against Target for some of these things that they have in their store. Um, You know, again, they've lumped LGBTQ and um, racism together and they've used this to basically label everybody, you know, oppressed or everybody an oppressor against these minority groups of some kind. And what happens is that rather than hearing the other side, they just use that as evidence of white oppression. That's what I, I hear is that, well, these parents who are who are complaining about Target having all of these 
um, clothing items, even for children as young as I understand, like six months old, two months old, or two years old, I'm sorry. Um, And I don't want to go too far off of your podcast here, but the point is that you're making is that with people who try to stand up against these things, they just see that as more proof of, of being an oppressor. Well, that you're certainly an oppressor. You're certainly racist because you're saying that this is wrong, that we have these things in our store. Um, so there's no listening happening on the other side. There's no listening. There's no conversation, no discussion. Um, thus, I'm glad that you did your podcast. Yes. <laughs> and so to, to help people learn and be able to have better talking points. So let's have you maybe review for us um, what are the titles of each of your podcasts? I think it's a five-part series. Is that correct? It is a five-part series. Okay. And I am going to be very bad on titles. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, maybe is there kind of a topic for each yeah, one? I can just kind of, yeah. how about we say yeah, yeah. episode one, yeah, we episode don't need, two? Yeah, there we go. We don't <laughs> yeah. need the titles. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yep. Um, so episode one, the first episode, we talk about um, violence in schools. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it in a sense that it's functioning a little bit like COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID sort of pulled the curtain back. You know, kids mm-hmm. were at home. Mm-hmm. Parents were looking over their shoulders. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, my gosh. They yeah. saw what was going on in schools. Mm-hmm. And so it forced them to take a closer look at what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, the violence in our schools right now, that's forcing parents to take another look. Yep. You know, we had the kid who was stabbed at Harding back in Mm -hmm. February, Mm -hmm. and it is forcing parents to take a look and go, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So we looked at violence in our schools Mm -hmm. in episode one. Mm -hmm. Um, Episode two, we talked about restorative justice Mm -hmm. and the whole uh, Dear Colleague letter from the Obama Mm -hmm. administration and how basically what they did was they took discipline out of the hands of local districts Mm -hmm. and placed it in the hands of the federal government. Mm -hmm. They had some statistics. um, I think it was Arnie Duncan, Secretary Mm -hmm. of Education. has statistics that said, hey, wait a minute, you know, black kids are being expelled at a rate almost four times higher than Mm -hmm. white kids. Why Mm -hmm. is this? Well, it must be racism. Teachers are racist. Right. No looking into the data or or the cause. Absolutely. Had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with it. And if you just peel back a layer, you would see that a lot of these kids come from fatherless homes. Yes. And when you have a kid who doesn't have a father in the home, He's missing out on a lot. Mm -hmm. So we talked about restorative justice and Mm -hmm. how this whole thing came into our society. And by the time they pulled that back, Mm -hmm. um, it was too late. The damage Mm -hmm. was done. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was in all the schools. It was already Mm -hmm. the the thought, the the way that um, people were handling um, discipline in Mm -hmm. schools. And it was just... Unfortunately, it, it was too far gone. Mm-hmm. And it's and then, still being handled that way. I mean, oh, these things absolutely. are still in place, even though they've been proven false. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. F- proven that they absolutely don't work. Right. And they, a- they actually do more harm mm-hmm. than good. Right. In most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then episode three, we talk about what's going on in our schools um, mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. of this episode near near. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not maybe at the beginning, but. There was a teacher who said, uh, who related an experience Mm -hmm. that at the beginning of the school year, the principal uh, hung up a Ku Klux Klan mask Mm. and made all the white people Mm -hmm. sit and absorb the guilt. They had to be quiet for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and just absorb the guilt Mm -hmm. of what the Klan had done. Mm -hmm. Crazy. As though they are the ones that did it themselves. Absolutely crazy. So we talk a lot about... uh, Um, DEI, CRT, mm-hmm, comprehensive mm-hmm. sex education, the gender mm-hmm. ideology that's in schools. Mm-hmm. Episode four, I tried to lead people into understanding where this came from mm-hmm. and um, what is going on. Mm-hmm. Because when you use the M word or the C word, people mm-hmm. automatically cut you off. And I didn't yeah. want to come out 
mm-hmm. saying that mm-hmm. because you know you want people, them to listen. Yeah, you mm-hmm. want them to listen, and they're mm-hmm. not going to listen when you use words like that. Yes. But what is happening in our schools is they are teaching the principles of Marxism mm-hmm. and communism mm-hmm. without ever saying the words. Yes. yes. So parents have no idea this is being taught. Right. Kids don't even know what they're being taught. No. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask a kid or in honestly, even a parent, you right. know, in their right. 30s or so, yeah. what is Marxism? What is communism? Yeah. They wouldn't even be able to tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yet they are teaching the principles. You know, they're using words like equity, mm-hmm. diversion, diversity, mm-hmm. inclusion, privilege. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk about countries, China, Venezuela, mm-hmm. you know, and the good things about these countries. And look mm-hmm. at how how great they have right. it there. And look at our mm-hmm. unfair capitalist system and why it is so bad. Mm-hmm. And kids don't even know what they're learning. They don't know that they are being indoctrinated. Right. And parents don't have know. no idea. Right. They have no idea. Right. Which is just then, shocking. Okay. So in the last ahead. episode, mm-hmm. no, we just talk about what can parents do? You know, mm-hmm. all of this is going mm-hmm. on. What can you do as a parent mm-hmm. to, um, you know, make, make a bold move that's going to make a difference for your kid? Yeah. Yeah. Which I really want us to, to cover that at the end. I think maybe at the end of our next show, when we have you on next week, we'll get into that to kind of finish off. But I think let's, let's with our, I think we have about, you know, a little over 11 minutes left. Let's, let's dig into some of these topics then, Sheila, together, because this is such a great overview. And I think I mentioned to you that I've been able to listen to the first two and a half podcasts, and I just think they're tremendous. And one question that I know goes through Abigail's in my head is, how did you find all these people to come and talk to yes. you? How did that come about? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, it um, it wasn't easy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I just pretty much told everybody that I knew what I was doing and, um, hey, if you know anyone who's willing to talk to me, please mm-hmm. let them know. Mm-hmm. And it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started out actually with teachers who are no longer in the school system, ah, who had yes. retired, sure. um, had taught 25 years, who, but mm-hmm. started at a point in time when schools weren't like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, they mm-hmm. were about learning. It was about education. It was about learning to be kind, treating people fair. Right. And so that's where I started. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on. Um, literally people started coming out of the woodwork as people oh. begin. And even still, mm-hmm. I am still, um, getting inundated with people who are wanting to tell their stories. Wow. Um, you know, and I'm like, I'm sorry guys, you know, yeah. podcast is over, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to hear your story yes. because people want to be heard Yes, and they're not, they don't feel like they're being heard. Right. So, so that's mm-hmm. kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. And then it was literally, um, you know, uh, parents, even the parents, as you can see in some of the early episodes, yeah. they did not want to be identified. Yes, they were afraid. They wanted afraid. their voices changed. They, yes. they wanted to have nothing to do with it. The students were afraid. Um, teachers are afraid. And even after some of the podcasts came out mm-hmm. and teachers heard themselves with their disguised voices, I got calls. Oh, my gosh. I what if somebody like slowed that down and mm. they could tell it was me? I'm like, you know what? If somebody could just slow it down, mm-hmm. people wouldn't do it. <laughs> right, 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 right. So there's oh, no way. But they were still that worried. Terrified. Yeah, It's terrified. just shocking to me. One of the stories that you told that really surprised me um, was a story in, in Minnetonka where a teacher had been um, noticing, I believe, um, uh, actually, I don't remember what she was noticing. Was it something about maybe uh, 
BLM or something like that in the classrooms. All I remember is that she was blindsided by her own principal. This is the part I remember because maybe because I run a school and I would never do this to one of my staff members, but um, she was concerned about something, went to her principal, asked for a meeting with the principal and thought, and, and he reacted like, okay, sure, that's fine. And then on a day that was unexpected, he kind of went up to her, I think at the beginning of the day and said, hey, can you just pop into my office, you know, quick? And she goes into the office and it's not just the principal, but it's the principal and the superintendent. And I think one other person, if I remember I think it was correctly, a school board member. School board member. <laughs> and they basically said to her, do not talk about this. And she felt that they were basically threatening her job. Like you mm-hmm. either talk about this and lose your job or don't talk about this and you can stay in your job. Yeah. I mean, the superintendent. Yeah. Of the school. That was the story of Catherine. And okay. Catherine was seeing a lot of violence in her classroom from little kids. Okay. I mean, okay. we're talking elementary school kids. Violence, kids tearing up her classroom. You know, um, kids were uh, running out of the classroom, you know, covering their heads because this kid was throwing paint cans. and Oh, my gosh. And so this just kind of went on and on and on. Yes. And I guess one day after a particularly hard day with this kid, mm-hmm. um, she you know, emailed her principal and said, hey, does the school board know this is going on? Mm -hmm. Because this isn't only affecting that one child. What about all the other kids? The ones who want to learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when she went and, you know, approached her principal and said, hey, what can we do about this? They literally shut her down. Okay, that was when that happened. And said, you know what, Um, this is not, you know, basically she said she felt like it was either you be quiet or you're going to lose your job. Mm. And so did she, did she continue in her job then? Is she still working for the school district? She is not still working for that district. Okay. And actually that story, um, she works at Min- in Minnetonka now. That story happened at a different school district. Ah, yeah, it I did see. not happen there. Okay, which we okay. had a print story okay. that went along with that that actually said Explains. she does not work there. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. But okay. she, yeah, she no longer worked at that district. Actually, it's not on the, on the, um, in the podcast, but mm-hmm. she says, mm-hmm. That was the day I started looking for another job. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Found another job. Oh, my goodness. And I do want everybody to kind of notice this. We're not just talking about Minneapolis and St. Paul. No. I right. I hear over and over, and Sheila, you bring this up, and I just said, yeah, you know, in my car as I was listening, yes, yeah, someone's finally saying, everyone says, but it's not happening in my school. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's terrible what's happening mm-hmm. in some schools, but it's not happening in mine. Mm-hmm. And what I came away with from all of the excellent stories that you shared um, is it's happening in Little Falls. It's happening in Farmington. It's happening in White Bear Lake. It's happening in Woodbury, in Woodbury, South Washington County. You you have stories like it is not just limited. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not that it's okay for it to be happening in Minneapolis or St. Paul either. It's not fair to those children either. However, you know, please hear that this is happening everywhere. Mm hmm. Please mm-hmm. listen to all of these folks that are sharing their stories and understand these are real stories that are actually happening and they're happening all over our state, even in rural Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, the story that you told or that, you know, you had shared with you, um, the grandparent in Little Falls, um, talking about the social emotional learning that her grandchild was participating in, I think only as a kindergarten or a first grader. And um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that story. And then, but I think what, what struck me the most about that story 
that I was so glad she said. I think you asked her a question of, well, are parents calling the school and asking why is this happening? And her comment was no, because the kids don't know that there's anything wrong with what's happening. They just know this like they're going out for recess. Mm -hmm. They go play on the playground. They go in every morning and they circle what emotion they're feeling and they have to answer why and they have to say this into their teacher's cell phone to record it. If I asked my teachers to record their students on their own private cell phones, they would look at me like I was out of my mind, you know, and to think that these teachers are being asked to use, to record, first of all, and then secondly, to use their private cell phones to do it. And I'm sure they're having to upload it to something. Yeah, and, and so there's got to be tracking going on. But do you want to comment on that story a little bit? You know what? That story was amazing. I mean, I believe I had that episode ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I spoke with that woman that afternoon. The oh, episode really? was ready to go. It was in the can. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We have got yes. to pull this yes. back and we've got to add this. Yes. Producer wasn't real happy about yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, glad you did. Yeah, but it, it needed to be it needed to be told. Mm-hmm. And she was just appalled. I mean, mm-hmm. she absolutely could not believe that this was going on. Yeah. And she was actually telling the story of her um her daughter. These are her daughter's kids, her grandkids. Yes, her grandkids. Yes. And and it was just like, well, you know what? All the parents are doing it. All the kids are doing it. People mm-hmm. are afraid to make waves and mm. people need to not be afraid to make waves. Yes. I mean, these are your kids. Yes. Right. These are your children. If you are and not going to fight for advantage. them, no one else is going mm-hmm. to. No one will mm-hmm. fight for them mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. will. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that stuns me the most is that the fear is so deep. And I think it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. Nobody wants to be called a racist. And then... What happens is that if you start questioning what the schools are doing, they somehow flip it on you, um, you know, and and make you sound like you are the crazy one. You are the bad one. You are the evil one. And so I can see why people are afraid to speak out. But at the same time, they need to speak out and they need to tell their stories. They need to band together as parents and and share their stories with one another, too. And I think your podcast is really going to help help bring that about. Um, have you connected at all with Minnesota Parent Alliance and um, Christine Truen? And I wonder yes. if there can be some work there where somehow they can maybe follow up with some of the story from, the, from some of the people that you've worked with. Yeah, actually, you just haven't gotten far enough along. Okay. <laughs> Christine Truen, she, um, I interviewed her, I believe, in episodes four and five. Okay. But I've been speaking with her about this you know, for mm-hmm. a very long time because mm-hmm. she sees this all the time. She hears parents coming in. Um, she knows a lot about social emotional learning, yeah. which is this the methodology that they use to sort of um, bring this into the schools. But mm-hmm. yeah, Christine is um, actually on top of this. We are preparing for a trapped um, trapped uh, road tour. Oh, we're going to go to towns and we are going to talk to parents and Christine will be involved in that. Good. Because, you know, like, like me, parents mm-hmm. reach out to her all the time and she just right. hears these horror stories of yeah. what's going on. She, yeah. she pulled her own kids out of school yes. for that very reason, but she didn't stop there. And this is one of the cool things about what she did. Mm-hmm. She didn't just pull her kids out and go up. Oh, we're good. We're safe. Mm-hmm. She pulled her kids out and then she stepped right back in yes. to help fight for other parents, mm-hmm. yeah. which is so wonderful. Yeah. We've had her on to actually talk about the social emotional learning and then she introduced us to um, one of the experts that's 
talked a lot about that. And of course, now yes. I've forgotten Jennifer the name. McWilliams. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's and amazing. She came on, and, and we're going to be bringing her back actually this summer to yep. talk more about that. So, um, a lot of a lot of times spending time equipping parents with again these social emotional learning sounds amazing and helping mm-hmm. break down. Hmm, that that feeling that you have that something isn't right, but you can't put your finger on what it is. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's break down why things are not feeling mm-hmm. right and why. Oh, it's because the terms have changed. Mm-hmm. It's and helping yeah. people break that down so that it doesn't feel as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like, well, they know what they're talking about. They're the expert. I'm just the parent. Mm-hmm. No, you are your child's best advocate and so we want to equip them and we've got you know some really great guests and mm-hmm. on that and mm-hmm. um that's just amazing so yep. we're gonna wrap up this yes. episode folks but don't worry we are gonna have sheila qualls back and we're gonna go into a little bit more detail on some of the fantastic stories that she has collected mm-hmm. please join us at am 1280 the patriot and you can check out this episode anywhere where you listen to podcasts and we want to encourage all of you to go online and look up trapped Chaos in the Classroom by Sheila Qualls. Have a good night. night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.